Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining us today because we are sharing a very special sermon entitled, The Coming Storm. We are in Matthew chapter 7. This is the end, the conclusion of the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus comes to the end of his sermon, he shows how there are two types of people, the wise and the foolish. And the wise will build their lives on the rock. We're going to explain what that is in today's sermon. And the foolish build their lives on sinking sand. Well, today, I'm going to share with you the seriousness of the meaning of this text. It's not just the storms of this life that come into our daily life. No, my friends, Jesus is talking about the day that you and I will stand before God in the final judgment. What will your life have been built upon? I'm so glad you're joining me today. I hope that you'll visit our website, awakentograce.com. I hope that you'll click the link called Grace Givers Community. And if you are growing through these sermons, if God is using the teaching of God's Word through Awaken to Grace to strengthen your faith, then I hope you'll consider partnering with us. I hope you'll take a look at all of the many platforms that we are on, and I hope that you will consider helping us spread this gospel as far and wide as we can. I hope you enjoy today's broadcast entitled, The Coming Storm. Well, I want to welcome our online audience today. I'm so glad that you're joining me on this first Sunday of the month of April. As most everyone knows, our government has asked us to remain closed, and so we have shifted to this online platform, and I'm just so thankful that you are welcoming us into your home today, uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this, whether your car or your home or wherever else you may be. We're very grateful that you're watching today. I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. We just finished a wonderful series called Triumph. And if you missed some of that series, I want to encourage you to go back and listen as you have time. You can find it through our free mobile app. The app is called Awakened to Grace. And if you will download that app, it is absolutely packed with life-changing content. You will find sermon series. You'll find standalone sermons, specialty teachings, conferences. You'll find articles, music albums, and so much more. So jump on the app and uh, discover for yourself how much content is there. If you don't use a mobile phone in that way, you can always go to our websites. You can go to preachingchristchurch.com or you can go to awakenedtograce.com and you can find all kinds of content. Well, today I want to share with you a message that God has placed on my heart from Matthew chapter 7. I want to call today the coming storm. We are all experiencing what we're seeing happen on the earth today with this coronavirus. It's not only affecting our way of life here in America, it is affecting the entire globe. Things are shut down in multiple countries. 
And at least within our lifetimes, we have never seen anything come up on the earth like this that has affected daily life. And in one sense, you could look at this coronavirus and you could call it a storm. You could say that, that this storm has come upon our country, upon really humanity. And I think you would be right in saying that. Each of us know what storms of life are. We all know what it is for life to hit us with a great surprise and for trials and tribulations and hardships to come into our life. We all know what it is to go uh, through a season of life where we feel like we're on top of things and things are going well and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under us and life has a way of surprising us. And You could say that that was a storm and I think you would be right. Some of you are walking through a storm right now with your marriage where the rains have came, the floods are there, the wind is blowing and beating upon your marriage. And some of you right now are in a storm of your own life. Perhaps you're in a marital storm, a financial storm. Some of you are in a storm within your family, within your children, because the harder you try to get close to your children, the more they rebel and the more they go the opposite way. We all know what storms is to our life. We all have experienced seasons of life that we have had to weather. We've had to weather the storm. But the storm that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 7, I don't think is talking about the storms of life. The storm that Jesus describes for us, I don't think is even something like COVID-19. That we're all experiencing right now. No. The storm that Jesus describes. I want to break down for you today. And I want to show you. What Jesus meant. And what is the greatest sermon. Ever preached. Jesus preached this sermon. Called the sermon on the mount. And it is the greatest sermon. Anyone has ever preached. This is the conclusion of his sermon. When you and I come to Matthew chapter 7, today we're going to be looking at verses 21 to 29. And when you and I come to this ending portion of this great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to be amazed at what Jesus really shows us. So if you're new to our ministry, if you're new to Awaken to Grace or Preaching Christ Church, you may not know that I'm a blind pastor and that's why... I don't preach with a Bible on my podium. I'm unable to see a Bible or a computer screen or a TV. I'm actually completely blind. I'm unable to see anything in this season of my life. I call it a season because I lost eyesight about a year and a half ago. And I believe with all my heart that the Lord is going to restore my eyesight. I believe God is going to open my eyes to his glory. So Therefore, when you hear me preach, you'll often hear me call it a season because I believe that's exactly what it is. So I'll do my best to go from memory and I'll do my best to walk you through the scripture. I invite you to pull up the scripture on your phone or tablet or whatever device you use or if you have a Bible with you today, go to Matthew chapter 7 and let's examine for a few moments verses 21 
through verse 29. So Jesus is going to say something very interesting. He's going to say that when it comes to judgment day, he's going to begin by saying this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do wonderful works in your name? Did, as a matter of fact, he begins by saying, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, but I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now that's a shuddering thought. He is talking, you know, used to when I would think of this scripture, I thought that it meant other religions, right? But no, if you read it carefully, notice what he says. They say, Lord, Lord, as in master, as in you are my Lord. Now these were religious people. These were people who thought that they knew salvation. They thought that they understood. They thought that they were Right with God. And listen to what he says. He says, I will say to them, I never knew you. You know, so often in churches we'll say things like, do you know the Lord? And that's a good question. But here's a better question. Does the Lord know you? Are you one of his children? Does he claim you as his own? Has the blood been applied to your life? Are your sins truly forgiven? I'm not asking, are you religious today? I'm not asking, did you grow up in a religious setting? Or were your parents Christians? Or were your grandparents Christians? Or did you grow up going to Sunday school? Or were you baptized? I'm not asking any kind of religious question. Because the real question today is not, do you know the Lord? The question is, Does the Lord know you? Are you truly born again? And the Bible says that Jesus will say to people on that great judgment day when we all stand before the Lord. And the Bible says that each man, each person will give an account before the Lord. And the Bible says whether they're rich or they're poor. Whether they're great or they're small, it doesn't matter. In other words, were they important or were they not important? No, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in life. We all will stand before God Almighty. And the Bible says that for some who think they're okay, for some who think they are religious, for some who think they know the Lord, Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And then watch what he says. Now, this is very interesting. He says, everyone then who hears my words and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew, And beat against it. It did not fall. And then, in way of contrast, he says, And everyone who hears my words and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And when the rains fell and the floods came and the wind blew upon it and beat against it, 
the house fell. And Jesus said, and great was the fall of it. Now, this is a startling teaching. And it's one that I am praying that God will take this sermon, this message, and many will hear and many will reexamine their lives. And perhaps the Lord will rescue you from the storm that is to come. Many of us think that what we're experiencing in the world right now is a storm. But no, I think what Jesus is teaching us, and not just in our text of verse 21 to 29, what he's teaching through the whole chapter for a few verses before this, Jesus says, the way that leads to destruction is a broad road. And Jesus said, many there be that are on this road, but the way that leads to life, to eternal life, narrow. Narrow is the way. And Jesus says, few there be that find it. In this whole text, Jesus is talking about eternity. What road are you on? Are you on the broad way that leads to destruction? Or are you on the narrow way that leads to eternal life? You know, in our culture today, people don't think much of this. In our culture, people tend to be like, well, all roads lead to heaven. And as long as you're sincere, you're going to be okay. And as long as you are authentic or sincere in your faith, you know, it doesn't matter. It's sincerity that matters. My friend, that is a lie. Often I'll ask people who challenge me with this question. I'll ask them, you know, where we live in Kingsport, if... uh, If you and I wanted to take a road trip to Asheville, which is not that far away, Asheville, North Carolina, you and I would be traveling east. Now, if you and I got into a car, and let's say you drove because I'm blind, you wouldn't want me driving, so we'll let you drive. And let's say that you and I were headed toward Asheville going east, and we believed with all of our heart I mean, we were as sincere as what we could be. And we were saying, yes, I am going to Asheville. I'm headed east and we will be there in a matter of an hour or an hour and a half. We'll be in Asheville. But no matter how sincere we were, if in fact, in reality, you and I were on the interstate headed west, we're not going to end up in Asheville We're going to end up in Nashville, in Music City. You and I are going to end up in the wrong place, in the wrong destination. Why? Because no matter how sincere we were, the fact is, the reality is, you and I are on the wrong road. And sincerity has nothing to do with truth. And I know in my heart today, That as I try to share with you my pastor's heart and I open up the word of God with you and you and I look at it with sincerity. The fact is truth matters more than even our sincerity. And I want to be sincere. I'm being sincere with you right now as I speak. I want to be genuine. I want to be authentic. But that doesn't matter if I don't have truth. And there's some of you who you've bought into this idea 
that as long as you are a good person, as long as you are sincere, that God knows your heart and you try to be the best you can be and you've bought into this idea that as long as you are good and sincere, that you are going to end up in the right place. No, my friend. The Bible says, Jesus says in this chapter, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says there's two roads with two very different destinations. There is the broad road, that's the popular road, that most people are on, and it leads to destruction. And there is the narrow way that leads to eternal life. And then Jesus warns us by saying, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, not everyone who professes, who speaks, Religious things or church things. No, that's not where true salvation is. He'll say to them, I never knew you. You thought you knew me, but Jesus will say, I never knew you. What a word of warning chapter 7 is. And then when we work our way down to the story of the, of the two foundations... I just want to break that down for a moment. Jesus says, now this is very interesting. Because Jesus says, to the one who hears, everyone who hears my words and does them is like a man who built his house upon a rock. Now, what I want to show you in this passage is there are some similarities. As a matter of fact, I think there's several similarities. Number one, both men, the man who built his house upon the rock, the man who built his house upon the sand, both men heard the words of Christ. Both men heard the same thing. One commentator put it this way, they both went to the same church. <laughs> They both heard the same sermons. They read the same Bible. They knew the same text. Both men heard the same words. But only one acted. Only one obeyed. The other did not. You know, the Bible tells us in James chapter 1, verses 21, 22, 23, and 24. What great scriptures those are. And the Bible commands us, the Bible says, do not be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. <laughs> How many of us will hear a great sermon or will read the Bible and think, oh yes, that's something I should be doing, but then we get busy with life and we go on and nothing changes in our life. We don't, in other words, we do not apply God's word to our actual very life and because it's not applied, the effect is not there. The change is not there. And so Jesus says, everyone who hears my word and does them will be likened to a man who builds his house upon a rock. Now, what's the rock that Jesus is describing? This is great study. If you dig into this and you really seek to understand what the rock is, what you'll find is uh, the rock is not God. And the rock is not even the lordship of Jesus here. You know, Jesus told Peter, upon this rock will I build my church. 
I think that's Matthew 16, if I'm not mistaken. Certainly, Jesus is the rock. Uh, Hebrews tells us that, the rock that Moses should have spoken to but struck in the wilderness. Hebrews teaches Christ is that rock. He's the cleft of the rock. But in this particular case, it's not Jesus that he's referring to. Do you know what the rock stands for here? It stands for the word of God. It symbolizes our obedience to the word of God. For what did Jesus say? Everyone who hears my words and does them will be likened to a man that builds his house upon the rock. So if you and I want to have steady lives, if you and I want to have stable lives, then what are we to seek to do? To build our lives upon the words of Jesus. In other words, follow his principles. Follow his teaching. Did Jesus not say, if you love me, keep my commandments? You see? For us to say that we love God, but yet our lifestyle is in stark contrast. For us to say that we are followers of Jesus, yet our lifestyle does not back that up. For us to say that we are disciples of Jesus, or that we treasure Jesus, or that we love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and yet our very lifestyle does not back that up, then my friends... You're not building your life upon the solid rock that is the word of God. Jesus said, everyone who hears my word and obeys them, does them, acts upon them, he'll be like a man who built his life, who built his house upon the rock. And then Jesus said, when the rains fall and the floods come and when the wind blows upon the house and beats against it, it's going to stand. It's, going, it's not going to collapse. What's he saying there? Well, I think in accordance with earlier in the chapter that there are two roads, one that goes to eternal life, the other that goes to eternal destruction. And just as Jesus paints the picture of judgment day when he'll say to many, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of sin. Just as Jesus is teaching in that same context... I believe what Jesus is teaching here is about the final judgment when each of us, when you and I stand before Almighty God and we give an account for our lives and the way that we've lived. That's the storm that Jesus says you ought to prepare for. I, I, I want to be careful here, but I think... I think well, I want to obey what I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me. How many of us were woefully unprepared for this storm of COVID-19? Schools have been shaken. Businesses have been shaken. Governments have been shaken. People can't even find toilet paper for crying out loud. But uh, uh, shelves are being emptied. People are trying to stock up and hoard up and people are doing their best to try to get ahead of this thing and it's called everyone for the most part. It's called us off guard. Tomorrow morning, 
April 7th, we will release a podcast on the coronavirus. And then on Monday, April 14th, we will release another podcast on food storage. And I'll explain my view of that and what I think Christians should do in way of food storage. So on the Awakened to Grace podcast, wherever you get your podcast, listen over the next couple of weeks for brand new content as we talk about this pandemic and what's going on in the world right now. But the point is, most people are woefully unprepared. And many of us have felt our unpreparedness. What will it be when each of us stand before God Almighty? Will you be prepared then? When judgment comes, in other words, when the rain falls and the flood comes and the wind blows and beats against the house, will your life have been built upon the solid rock of the words of Jesus Christ? Or will your house fall? And as Jesus said, great will be the fall of it. Are you prepared today to stand before God? Are you prepared to meet God? Is your life forgiven? Are your sins confessed? Is the blood of Christ applied to your life? Is your lifestyle matching what you say? Is your lifestyle lining up to the truth of God's word? That's how you build your life upon the rock. And then Jesus says, and then other people who hear my word. Now notice they heard the same word. As many, whatever hundreds of people are listening to this sermon right now, each of you are hearing the same word out of the same text, out of the words that Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount. Each of you are hearing the same word, but for some, your life is a solid rock. For others, it's sinking sand. But you know, you couldn't tell the difference. The Bible don't tell us, How many years these men lived next to each other. But commentators, uh, you know, they tell us these men must have been neighbors for they experienced the exact same storm. Not only did they hear the exact same word, but they experienced the exact same storm at the same time. Which meant they must have been neighbors. There wasn't anything that you could tell physically on the outside structure of the home. There wasn't any difference that the Bible tells us. We believe that they were very similar. But where the difference was and what could not have been seen, it was in the foundation. And so it is with many of us, with many of our lives. You can't tell what I'm truly made of. I can't tell what you're truly made of because I can't see the foundation. You can't see the foundation. Only the judgment day will reveal that. And on that day, what's going to be the difference? Jesus tells us those who heard his words as we are all hearing right now, but those who acted, those who obeyed his words. There's a phrase that I forgot in verse 21. And it's a very important phrase. The Bible says that many will say to me, Lord, Lord. And Jesus is not their Lord. 
Do you know whose Lord he is? Notice what he says in verse 21. But those who obey my Father who is in heaven. Those of you who have invited me into your home today, please hear my heart. You cannot live opposite of what Jesus says and obey him at the same time. It can't be both. Today, either you are wise and you are following the words of Jesus or you are foolish and your house will collapse. Where are you today? I realize that there are people listening to my words today. Are you a good person? No doubt. Would you help somebody in a crisis? Yeah. Would you help me if I were in trouble? Yeah, I believe you would. But when the dust settles, and when all is said and done, and when you and I are standing before a holy and a righteous judge, sincerity won't matter on that day. Kindness will not matter on that day. Being a good person will not matter. What will matter is did you hear and obey the words of Jesus? That's what will matter. So in this chapter, we see a great profession of faith. Lord, Lord, did we not do all these wonderful things in your name? But we see a profession of faith is not genuine salvation. And if I were to come to your home today and sit on your couch and say, do you really know the Lord? The overwhelming majority of you would say, absolutely. I know the Lord because I've done this or I prayed this prayer or I did this when I was a kid or I went to Sunday school, I went to VBS or my parents were good people or I try to be the best person I can be. My friend, all that is, is a profession. And that's not enough. What I want to say to you today, my friend, you who have invited me into your home, what I want to say to you is this storm of COVID-19 has taken the world by surprise. But there is a greater storm approaching, and it's judgment day. It's a day that no man, no woman will escape. It's a day that no matter how wealthy or how powerful or how small or how poor, none of that will matter on judgment day. You and I will stand before God. The question is, will you be standing on a rock? Will you be standing on a rock that when God's wrath and God's judgment is pronounced, when the rains fall and the floods come and the winds beat against it, will your house stand? Because you have built on the rock of God's word. The foolish man thought he was okay. We don't know how many years or how many decades. Jesus didn't tell us. 
But the reality is, and I love that Jesus didn't tell us because it's not about that. I think if Jesus would have told us how many years or decades, people would have go, oh, oh, I have time. I have time. No. What Jesus tells us is when the judgment came, that man's house fell and great was the fall of it. I don't want that to be your story. I don't want that to be your eternal destiny. I want you to take serious today the words of Jesus. I want you to take serious the words of the Bible and apply them to your life. So if you're in sin today, you're in a sinful relationship, you're in fornication, you're in adultery, you're in homosexuality, you're in things that you know in your conscience and you know in your soul is an offense to an almighty God. I'm pleading with you today, repent. Repent because you think that this storm of coronavirus is a real storm? No, my friend. The real storm is yet to come. And that's the day that you and I will stand before God Almighty. I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't live with you. (laughs) I don't know where you are. But the Lord knows you. And the Lord sees everything. Do you know how well the Lord knows you, my friend? The Bible says that he has numbered the very hairs of our head. Do you know I don't even know myself that well? And yet the Lord knows me. And the Lord knows you. And the Bible says something very special in Timothy. It says the Lord knows those who are his. Do you belong to the Lord today? Or would you be one of those that he says, depart from me because I never knew you. I invite you today to humble yourself, to bow your head before the Lord, to bow your heart before the Lord, and to say, Jesus, I know my sin, and you know my sin. And I'm bringing my sin to you today for you to cleanse me, for you to forgive me. I recognize today it is not enough to be a good person. It's not enough to be a sincere person. It's not enough to just have faith in God. I need saving faith. I don't want religious faith. I want saving faith, salvation. And God, today, I repent of all sin in my life. You may be someone who you've actually been quite religious, but you've never repented. You may be someone who's had a Christian faith, but it's not been saving faith. My friends, why don't you bow your head right where you are? Why don't you bow your head? You may even be with your family. You may be with your children. And what an example you'll be to them right now if you obey the Lord. Why don't you bow your head with me and let me lead you in a prayer. And it's not the prayer that's going to save you. Jesus never led anyone in a personal prayer. 
It's not the prayer itself that's going to save you. It is repenting of your sin. As you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And God's kindness, Romans 2.14, God's kindness leads you to repentance. Romans 2.4 maybe. As you repent because God's kindness is leading you to that. Then that's what's going to save you. And as you obey the words of Jesus, you apply God's word to your everyday life, you're going to build your life upon a rock. And when the real storm comes and judgment day comes, you won't be taken off guard. And yes, the rains will come, the floods will come, the wind will blow, but because your life was built on the rock of Jesus Christ and his words the very word of God, because your life has been built upon that, you'll be safe and you'll be secure. Will you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, just go ahead and repeat after me. If you're in a room full of people, if all of your children are there, it doesn't matter. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent now of all the sins of my life. I ask for your forgiveness and I ask for your salvation. Cleanse me now. Wash me now in the blood of Jesus and redeem me today and for eternity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And I want you to tell us that you prayed. Send us an email. Send us a message. Get on Facebook. Whatever. Contact us. Call us. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. And as you apply God's word to your life, the Lord's going to help you. And you're going to build your life in a, on such security, on such stability that no storm of this world or no storm on judgment day is going to collapse your house. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you'll join us every week at this same time as we will be closed for the month of uh, April. You know, it's so wonderful that even though the building is closed, the church is going forward. And we are still doing everything that we have always done, just minus the building. And it has not stopped the ministry. It has not stopped the service. It has not stopped the call of God upon our lives. And we are going forward. We're not just going forward. We are surging forward in a wonderful way. We would love to hear from you this week. We would love to know how you and your family are. If we can serve you in any way, in any capacity, if we can pray for you. Listen, if you're someone that you're frightened right now, you're scared right now, if you've lost your job, if they've cut your hours, if your work is shut down, listen, if we can pray for you and stand with you in any way, you contact us. We love you so much. 
And I look forward to being with you in your home this same time next week. Thank you.